And now, a word from our sponsors. Before 1971, a young S. Sadie Burbank could only imagine a simple American life as a loving wife and mother. That was her goal when she first married in 1959 at the age of 18. But with the wild social revolution of the 1960s, Burbank's idea of a perfect life would quickly change as she left behind her family to begin a new existence of her own. Her journey would find her on a plane headed toward her new lover, Steve, who was halfway across the world, waiting her arrival in a small bush camp in the country of Liberia. Once there, Sadie is greeted with a fascinating, strange world and plunges herself into the exotic land of the bush. But less than six months later, Sadie would realize all was not as it seemed, and Steve was not the man she fell in love with. Burbank found herself desperately seeking escape from the camp and her lover as she raced back to Robertsfield Airport, literally running for her life. Based on an unbelievably true story by S. Sadie Burbank, Red Hills, Green Vines, and Dried Monkey Meat for Dinner is a manuscript of Burbank's adventurous and deadly experience during a time filled with sex, drugs, and murder. For more information, log into www.redhills.us. And now, enjoy this free JZO Modcast show. There'll be peace when you are done Lay your weary head to rest Don't you cry Hey everybody and welcome to Lupa's Bits episode 45 I am your hot sticky Betty host, Lupa Barty, otherwise known as Stephanie J. Barty. You can find me everywhere, like Chicken Man, if you remember that cartoon from back in the day. He's everywhere, he's everywhere, Chicken Man! Anyway, that's me. <laughs> I'm a little hyper, as you can tell. Just completed my first week, and I'm into my second week of fasting. And I'm kind of, I'm, I'm actually pleased with the results, um... I did hit keto for about two days. I was in ketosis for about two days. And then, you know, it is May long week. It was May long weekend. So there was pulled pork and coleslaw and, you know, all of the things that I shouldn't be eating because you can't have pulled pork unless you have it on a really good crusty bun. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> but the neat thing about doing the fast, the way I'm doing it is after 12 hours, my body goes back into keto. So I usually, we've bumped it up this week. I'm doing it with a friend of mine. We've bumped it up this week. We've left on our on our app, we've left it at 12-12. So you fast for 12 and then you can eat for 12. But I mean, you don't eat for the whole 12, but you know what I mean. This week we've bumped it up 16-8. So we're fasting for 16 and then we have an eight-hour window where we can eat. Um, and I'm still trying to stick to the low to no carbs. Now, being a woman, my metabolism is different than a man's. And yes, you're all going to get it like a, a medical lesson right now. <laughs> but 
My, I did a lot of research because I have a heart condition and I have to be very careful with what I do and how I do things like certain diets. I can't do certain methods of fasting, certain ways of fasting. I can't do full keto. I can't do because my body needs certain things to keep going. But did you know that once you're in ketosis, you can eat between 40 and 50 grams of carbs in a day and still remain in keto? (laughs) Which means I can have, when I break my fast in the morning, I can have that bagel with, because it's only 27 carbs. So I can have that bagel. I can even have butter on that bagel and I can have my creamer in my coffee because my creamer only has five carbs per tablespoon and I don't put a tablespoon. I actually am down to a teaspoon now. So, so yes, I have actually become very proficient at counting carbs and subtracting the fiber from the carb count and blah, 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 blah. And yay. Um, So this week we decided to shake things up a little bit because extending the fast to 16 is no big deal. We've been doing that anyway. I don't think I have actually done the 12-12 yet. I've always gone beyond the 12. So she left it up to me to choose what our challenge was going to be this week. And I have a kryptonite. I have a weakness. My weakness is potato chips. Now, My biggest weakness, if you ever want me to go anywhere, do anything, wear anything, whatever it is you want me to do, just dangle a bag of sour cream and onion potato chips in front of me. Not the rippled. Don't like the rippled. They cut up the roof of my mouth. But just a plain old bag of Hostess sour cream and onion or Lay's sour cream and onion potato chips and I will follow you through the fiery pits of hell for that bag of potato chips. Throw in a Coke Zero or a Canadian Dry Ginger Ale and I will give you my firstborn. I'm pretty sure his wife will let me. You know, he's not her favorite person right now either, so (laughs) I will give you my firstborn. Um, Yeah, so potato chips are my kryptonite. They're my weakness. So I decided for our challenge this week, no chips. She comes back with an ouch. And she says, you know, that's like a double whammy because, you know, you have to have dip with the chips. <gasps> but guess what? There are certain kinds of dip that you can have that have absolutely no carbs in them. None whatsoever. Uh, the sour cream dips are really good. I do believe the Ruffles um, French onion doesn't have any carbs in it. So you can still have the dip. You just have to eat the dip with a snow pea or a piece of green pepper or some cucumber or carrot stick, which she wasn't overly fond of. So, you know, sucks to be you. And I do believe, and I know you're listening because you listen every Saturday morning. I did say that to you when you complained and said you don't like any of those. And I said, sucks to be you. So when I go grocery shopping or I send somebody because I'm kind of in quarantine I'll explain that in a minute. I will be getting me some dip and I will be getting me some snow peas or I'll be getting me some sugar snap peas because they've got the crunch. The sugar snap, the snow peas have the crunch. 
but the sugar snap because they're they're bigger you get a better crunch so it's like you're having that potato chip that crunch from that potato chip and your dip and the neat thing about snow peas i mean with a potato chip it gets soggy after a while with a snow pea you can dip lick it off and go back for more you can double dip a snow pea it'll hold up i did something really cool tonight now I was buying, when I was doing, um, I did the whole no-carb thing, low-carb thing, when I was in Florida last year. Was it really last year? Two years ago. Last year. Yeah, it was last year. It's 2020. Wow, it seems like forever ago. Anyway, um, when I was in Florida, I was doing the low-carb thing, and I was having a really hard time with anything lettuce-wrapped. Like, I was trying to make... A flakes of ham sandwich or a tuna sandwich and my mom was buying me the head lettuce and I was having a problem with that so I went from head lettuce to cabbage cabbage is great you can actually make wraps using a cabbage leaf I had we did tacos my sister was there too and we did tacos one night and they did the wraps like the the normal wraps and the taco shells and I did the cabbage and they're trying, like, they're chasing all of their, their toppings and everything. It's all falling out and the wrap's falling apart. And over here, I'm sitting over there with this cabbage leaf as a taco, as a taco shell, like a, a wrap. Rolled it right up like a burrito. And I'm just munching away and all my stuff is staying inside that cabbage leaf. Nothing's breaking, nothing's falling out, nothing's tearing, nothing's getting soggy. It was great. So, yeah, you know what? I think I'm going to be getting some cabbage because now I want tacos. So tonight, I, when I went shopping last week, or the other day, I got romaine lettuce was on sale. You know, you get the three romaine hearts. I think it was on sale for like a buck twenty nine for three of them. I went, ooh, salad. So I bought them. Well, I didn't, I had spaghetti last night for dinner, so I didn't want anything heavy and carby. And, oh, it's 11-11, make a wish. Okay, sorry, it's a thing. I didn't want anything very carby because I'm trying to, because I had spaghetti last night. That's a high-carb meal, and I figured since I was having pasta, I might as well have the garlic bread that goes with it. So I might have, like, overloaded. I might have had my carb ratio for the entire week in one meal. Just saying. It was really good. There's leftovers in my fridge. It's 85 degrees in my apartment right now, which if you're Canadian, that's like 28 to 30 degrees. I didn't want to cook anything in the oven. I had taken out pork chops. Thankfully, the gods smiled on me and they were still frozen. Came di come dinner time, so it was like, oh, well, I can't have those now. They're still frozen. I'll have to put them in the fridge and figure something else out. So I had three hamburger patties in my freezer. Three. No buns. Just three patties in my freezer. So I thought, well, let's give this romaine lettuce a try as a lettuce wrap burger. And it held up really well. I was really impressed. And I mean, I don't just have lettuce, meat, lettuce, okay? If I'm going to have a burger, it's going to be a burger. And if I'm going to attempt it lettuce wrapped, it better hold up to what I put on it. So that was lettuce, burger, cheese, onion, or sorry, ketchup, mustard, onion, pickle, lettuce. So that's a lot of ooey gooey, slimy, slidey, aroundy stuff. The lettuce held up. I was impressed. I didn't have pieces falling apart. I mean, the last couple of bites were kind of iffy, but yeah, it held up really well. So now I can use cabbage and I can use romaine lettuce. 
which is great. I mean, I, I like having an alternative because cabbage makes me very gassy. Yeah, makes me very gassy. And not in the burpy kind of gassy way, no. And I already do that well enough without adding anything to, you know, make it worse. Yeah, I did a lot of research into what I'm doing and how I'm doing it and being able to do it and stay healthy and get the nutrients that I need and the energy that I need. And, you know, it's not going to be taxing on my heart but I'm still going to be able to lose weight and I'm still going to be able to do my exercises and I'm still going to be able to do it healthy like. And I have learned a lot of interesting things about myself. Um, exercise and I have a love-hate relationship. And I'm really good for like six, seven, eight days in a row. And then it's like, oh, well, you know, I went up and down the stairs three times today. That's my cardio. We'll do it tomorrow. Or I was pacing back and forth while I was on the phone for 15 minutes. There, I got my exercise. So I, consistency is not my strong suit. Um, so I found exercises that are intense cardio for any bitty amount of time. So one of them is like six minutes. And another one that I have that I do is seven minutes. And some days I'm really motivated and I'm really, really energetic. And I'll do six minutes in the morning and seven minutes at night. And I realized that's not such a good idea. So now I do six seven minutes in the morning and six minutes at night. Works out a little better. And I don't do like both of them every day because they're both cardio. So um like there's a lot of squats and and half burpees and and just not really fun stuff <laughs> i'm telling you exercise and i have a love-hate relationship love the results hate the work plain and simple so the way i'm fasting is because during the day i'm very active now and um i have a lot of space to move around in and I need, you know, my brain to be functioning. I can't be thinking about food or counting down the time when I can have food or having to pee every 20 minutes because all I'm drinking is water. We decided that the best way for us to do it would be to do it at night. So we start our fast at 8 o'clock at night. And on the 12-12, our fast ends at 8 o'clock the next morning. Well, I like to sleep, so I'm not usually up at 8 o'clock in the morning. Unless I go to bed at 11 o'clock, I'm not up at 8 o'clock. I'm up 9.30, 10.30. Lately, because it's been warm and I haven't been sleeping well, I've kind of been tossing and turning. I've been getting up closer to 11. Yeah, my I, I can break my fast at 8 and anything after that is bonus. So doing it at night, you're not getting like the benefit of exercising while you're fasting and pushing your body into keto faster and being able to burn the, the um, sugars out of your cells faster, but it works. It works for me. And I find, I'm finding the last, like I've, I've actually had this happen a few times today being one of them. I will break my fast. I'll have my coffee like, I'll drink black coffee when I first get up, and I kind of choke that down. Um, <laughs> I'll have to use the flavored coffee because I can't drink just regular black coffee. No, 
I don't drink coffee because I like coffee. I drink coffee because people need around me need to live. And it, it kind of helps me resemble somewhat of a functioning human being. I like the flavored coffee, so I'll drink that black. I don't like it, but I can actually choke it down. Because you are allowed to drink black coffee, black tea, water, you know, nothing with flavor, of course. So when I break my fast, I get to have cream. So a cream in my coffee. Well, I'm finding that once I've had my coffee and I switch back to water, I'm not hungry. I actually had to make myself eat at dinner time because I wasn't hungry. I was drinking my water, I'm doing my thing, and I'm not hungry. So there is that drawback that I have to be cognizant of when mealtimes are and make sure that I'm eating something because I can't go without food. My body needs food to process my medications, to keep, you know, my organs going. Um, I can't do like a 17 hour fast without eating and doing nothing but water. So I have to make a sure, make a sure, ooh, suddenly I'm Italian. Um, I have to make sure that at least by dinner time, like four or five o'clock, I'm making food. I'm making something to eat. So I made those lettuce wrapped burgers tonight and I made a salad with lettuce and cucumber and Caesar dressing. So it was very tasty and I couldn't finish the salad. I was actually full. And I'm back on the water and, you know, eight o'clock came and we hit the fast timer. And now I do tend to slow down on my water intake around this time of night. Like it's 11 now because I don't want to be up at two peeing. I don't want to be up at 4 peeing. I don't want to be up at 4.15 peeing. Because that's happened. I have been up working until 2 or 3 in the morning. And I'm drinking water and I'm drinking water and I'm drinking water and I'm staying hydrated. And then I go to bed. And I go to bed at 3 o'clock in the morning. And then I have to get up at 3.15 because I have to pee. So I pee and I think that's it. But I'm done. I get back into bed. I get all comfortable. And you got my thunderstorm going and I'm just, you know, kind of coasting along, ready to fall asleep. And it's about 3.45 and the bladder goes, oh no, you drank six more bottles of water. Get up. And I have to pee. And I usually do that until 6 o'clock, 6.30. And then I sleep really, really well from 6.30 until 10.30. I sleep really well because I'm pretty much done peeing by that point in time. But at 10.30, nope, bladder's full again. Got to get up. So I'm starting to limit, like I will drink a lot of water up till a certain point in time. And then I'll sip it from there because I just, I need to sleep, man. I need to sleep. I can't be up and down all night peeing. It's just, it makes me grumbly. <laughs> I need to sleep. This fasting thing is great. The water intake kind of sucks. I've never been one to drink a lot to begin with. Trying to remember to stay hydrated through all of this, and especially during the day as well, when I'm doing stuff, I have to remember to stay hydrated. And I've kind of almost super glued my water bottle to my hand. Wherever I am, it is. And I don't have any other forms of liquid in the house. Like I don't have orange juice. I don't have apple juice. I don't have pop. I don't have any fruity drinks or anything like that. I have water milk and coffee 
and tea. I'm really trying to do this, and I really, like, that 50 pounds has really depressed me, so I'm really trying to get rid of it, and I'm trying to do it in a healthy way, and I'm lazy. I'll flat out admit it, I'm lazy. I've been doing the fasting thing, and so far so good. I mean, I lost a couple of pounds, nothing great, but, you know, I'm getting there. Yeah, I totally blew it this weekend. May long weekend, man. If you're Canadian, you know, May 2-4. It's, it's basically, it is the kickoff to summer. And we all got together over at Crystal's on Saturday. There was a barbecue. People had come in from out of town. You know, people that live out in the middle of nowhere. And, you know, we are their bubble. We had a nice little fire and great meal. It was a great meal. We had pulled pork and potato salad and coleslaw. And, you know, there was a little wine being drunk. And it was just, it was a good time. And then there was the fire. And it was a good night. And, of course, fireworks. Made two four. Fireworks. Had to be fireworks. We didn't do the fireworks. We didn't have to do the fireworks. Everybody around us was doing the fireworks. Sounded like a war zone. So, it's okay. So, and that's something that... Crystal and I were talking about it, and I was mentioning it to Dave, and I said I was going to put it in the podcast. Canadians will use any excuse possible for fireworks. Long weekend. Fireworks! And you don't just get fireworks on the Saturday or on the Sunday. You get them Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and if it's a holiday Monday, you get them on the Monday, too. Surprised there aren't any going off tonight. It's actually Tuesday. It's not just on the long weekends. It's not just on a holiday. It's not just, we have fireworks year-round. It's New Year's Eve fireworks. It's Christmas Eve fireworks. It's Valentine's Day fireworks. Grandma just bought new shoes fireworks. Doesn't matter. We're having a family gathering fireworks. We have fireworks for everything. Joe just stubbed his toe. I have to have fireworks this weekend. Get the guys, grab a case of beer, we'll have a fire, we'll do some fireworks. Make them feel better. Fireworks. We love our fireworks. Now, Niagara Falls, if you've ever been, Canadian or otherwise, because you kind of are in that zone, in that realm, in uh, Niagara Falls, New York. Niagara Falls does fireworks every night, I do believe. Or every weekend they do. I think it's Friday night and Saturday night. They do it every weekend over the falls. You might have kind of, we may have got it from that. I don't know. But we do fireworks for everything. Everybody's got them. Everybody sets them off. Now, coming back Saturday night, I was bringing my neighbor back because he's a friend of ours and he lives next door to me. Small town. And we were coming down Dalton. And there was, a, we could see these fireworks and they were really close to the road and they were really low too. And it's like, are they in the schoolyard setting these off? Are they in the church parking lot setting these off? Like, it, they look really close to the road. Like, it looks like they're sitting on the sidewalk. Well, sure enough, if this guy wasn't sitting on the sidewalk with the launcher between his legs, aiming them at the cars coming down the road. Now, I think what he was trying to do was to get it to go under the car, but he was failing miserably. I'm pretty sure some form of adjustment 
was on board, whether it was alcohol or drugs, something was on board because he didn't look like he was all that with it. But yeah, he was aiming him at the cars and I'm looking at Mike going, do we need to go back? Because he didn't, he missed my car. But I think it went under the car behind me or hit the side of the car behind me. Do we need to go back? It's a little car. I can drive right up onto the grass, pin him to the ground. You can get out and beat him up. How ridiculously stupid could you possibly be? Your aim is not that good for one thing. That thing goes off. There's a kickback to it like a gun. What if somebody's got their window open and that thing soars right through the window and ends up in their lap? Think about it. Yeah, dude wasn't all that bright. But... Yeah, Friday night, there were fireworks. Saturday night, there were fireworks. Sunday night, there were fireworks. Last night, I thought we had escaped. There were no fireworks. Getting on to 10.30. Usually, the fireworks are at dusk. It's getting on to 10.30, quarter to 11. All of a sudden, fireworks. What, were you all the people that went away for the weekend? Now you're home? You're going to do fireworks? Because we're still in lockdown, it was actually rather quiet around here. There were not a lot of cottagers and not a lot of of um, city folk up here, which was unusual because transport. Normally, our beaches are packed. And what they've done is the beaches are open. All the beaches are open. You can't park on the side of the road. You will get a ticket. You can't park in the beach parking lot unless you are a resident. Now, it says you need a resident pass, but from what I've heard, you can show them your driver's license because that proves that you live here. They'll let you in. I think the resident pass is more for cottagers that actually have property up here for them to be able to use the beach. But you shouldn't be here. You have to live here. And the beaches were fairly empty. The parking lots were fairly empty. It was rather nice because, you know, walk down, stay home. Yes, I get it. It doesn't work. But the sooner you do as you're told and we make our little premier happy and he sees we're doing as as we're told and we're following our grounding, then he'll let us have stuff back again. We'll earn our privileges back again. Seriously, that's what it feels like. I'm looking around and I'm noticing people just don't care anymore. They are so desensitized now to the lockdown and to the stay-at-home order. It's like, whatever. We don't care. We've been this way since March of 2020. We've never, ever really come out of lockdown. We've never come out of the stay-at-home order. We may have risen a little bit to where some more stores might be open and you could actually go inside the store with 15 of your friends because that's all they're letting in and shop. But other than that, no, still can't go and dine in a restaurant. You can dine on the patio. Can't dine inside. Can't do any of that now. Can't even buy underwear. Can't buy clothes for your children for summer because clothing is non-essential. Now, I understand, yes, Ontario does have the topless law, which means... Women are allowed to go out in public without a shirt on or a bra. You can flash the tatas all around town, all you like. It's legal. But to prevent somebody 
from being able to buy clothing for their ever-growing child. And if you've ever had children, been around children, or know somebody who has raised children, you know the clothes that fit them last summer are not going to fit them this summer. And seeing as the time between last summer and this summer has been very stagnant for these children, has been very inactive for these children, their summer clothes are definitely not going to fit. So to say that they can't go and buy clothing for their children doesn't make any sense to me at all. I cannot go into the Walmart and buy underwear. I cannot go into the Walmart and buy a bra. It's non-essential. So, I'm going to put a challenge out there to all you Ontario women. Although I'm pretty sure Doug Ford will enjoy it. But, clothing is non-essential. Women can legally go topless in Ontario. So, if clothing's non-essential, go ahead. Parade up and down your street. Show them tatas. I can guarantee you, inside of a week, clothing will be essential. Once more. Because there will be so many cars driving off the road going, holy crap, did you see that? Edith, don't look. Don't look, Ethel. But it was too late. Yeah, I think I just heard Misha giggle. Go and wander around outside topless. Because the first person that sees you is going to phone the police. There's going to be a Karen on the phone going, Excuse me, but my neighbor's tatas are flashing around the neighborhood and it's disturbing my children. And the police are going to show up. And you can pull up on your phone or your tablet or whatever. The law that states women are allowed to be topless. Of course, you can't go into a store. That no shirt, no shoes, no service. You can drive your car without a top on. You can walk down the main street without a top on. You can go sit on a park bench without a shirt on. And now Doug Ford's made it even easier because clothing is non-essential. So I challenge you all that have the tatas that would like to share the tatas with the world to free the bubbies. Take them outside for a walk. Give them a breath of fresh air. Allow them to be free. And we'll see how long it takes before the government decides clothing is non-essential. Because I bet you that that will get a much bigger response and make a much bigger ripple than the skinny old man wandering around Woodbine in a Speedo with a sign that says clothing is non-essential. You get a bunch of women out there shaking their boobies. People are going to notice. People are going to notice. And we will have clothing back as essential once again. And I can actually go and buy some shorts that fit. I mean, I have shorts that fit, but the shorts that fit are my old shorts they're frayed they're ripped they're holes in them so when i go out i have to make sure that the shirt that i'm wearing covers my butt or i'm wearing dark underwear so that it doesn't quite show as much as my tidy whities sorry granny panties guys wear the tidy whities women wear the granny panties white cotton underwear i don't know why they get such a bad rap i mean come on really they're comfortable they serve the purpose they're comfortable, and if you're in a situation that they are going to be removed, if you're doing things right, nobody's looking at your underwear. Just saying. But yeah, I have a friend of mine who, 
her boy, she has two young boys and they are growing by leaps and bounds. And because there has been very little activity from last summer to this summer, because there's been no organized sports, all of our recreational facilities have been closed. All of our parks have been closed. You can take your child for a walk like a dog. But what kid wants to go for a walk around the block for an hour and a half to get some exercise? None that I know of. They want to go to a park. They want to play on the swings. They want to slide on the slide. They want to play in the dirt. They want to throw somebody off the the seesaw. They don't want to go for a walk around the block. So a lot of the kids from last summer to this summer have put on a little bit of weight from inactivity. And it's understandable. Everybody has put on the COVID-15 because there's only so much you can do when you can't do anything. You can't go to the gym. You can't go to the Y and go swimming. You can't go to the park. You can't use the trails to go jogging or running or walking or whatever. So what can you do? So all of those kids that would normally have outgrown their clothes from last summer They would have been a little shorter. They would have been a little tighter. Might have been able to get away with it. Now, not so much. Because now they're not only shorter, but they don't fit at all. So my friend actually kept out a few pairs of old track pants that she had when she was packing up all their... Because, I don't know, maybe it's a Canadian thing. But a lot of us will pack up our winter stuff and put it away. And bring out our summer stuff because you have limited closet space. Who has the space to have summer and winter clothing put away in dressers and cupboards all year round? I mean, really? You've got to be a millionaire to be able to have a closet and dressers to do that. Especially if you live in Canada because you're going to have a lot of sweaters and turtlenecks and vests and warm clothes. You put away all the winter stuff and you bring out all the summer stuff. Spring's kind of iffy. You're kind of half and half there. You don't quite put all the winter stuff away completely. It kind of, it's there, ready to go away, just in case. Their summer clothes didn't fit. Now they're boys, so yes, they can go without a shirt. And she's going to have to do cut-off track pants. Now, I found out the other day, very sneaky little man, Doug Ford is. Very sneaky little man. See, our lockdown was supposed to end this week. We were supposed to be free this week. Supposed to be done. And he snuck in an extra two weeks. We are now in lockdown until June 2nd. Yay! I'm so thrilled. Um, Actually, I'm not... It's not going to be too bad. No, we were supposed to be out of lockdown last week. Anyway, we are now in lockdown until June 2nd, which is next week. So it's not actually going to be too bad because... The reason why I'm in quarantine... Remember I said earlier I would tell you why I'm in quarantine? (laughs) I actually remembered to tell you. I've I've put myself into self-quarantine for a week because I'm going to my sister's. I haven't seen my sister. And I know I said that last week that I was going to my sister's. Well, it didn't happen because I forgot I had an eye doctor's appointment, which that's an interesting story in and of itself. I'm going to my sister's. So because I had an eye doctor's appointment and I was out in the public, mixing with the public and with people, um, my sister requested that I put myself into quarantine for a week just to make sure I'm not bringing anything to her because she is pregnant. It is a high risk pregnancy and I don't want to do anything to 
risk that or to cause any problems with that. She has been really good so far. Everything is really good so far. She's got a couple of, of medical issues pertaining to the pregnancy. Um, so any kind of illness will trigger those and it'll be bad. Now, I've had my first shot, so I'm fairly protected now. It's been past the two weeks. But just to make her, give her peace of mind, I put myself into quarantine because she asked me to. So actually, in all reality, it's now Tuesday. I haven't left my apartment since since Saturday when I came home Saturday. I did. Well, I I've physically left my apartment. I haven't gone out anywhere and mixed with anybody. But I cleaned out the last of my stuff from the trailer and relinquished my trailer key back to Crystal and Brian. Um, I am. It's cleaned. I am completely out of there. Nothing of mine is in there anymore. I cleaned it all from top to bottom and put it all back the way I found it. And yeah, I'm, I'm out of there completely now. Did that on Saturday. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I lied. Sunday. I haven't left the apartment since Sunday. I went back. I went over there Sunday and got the last of the stuff. There was another box cleaned up. And then got invited for dinner. It was steak. What am I going to do? Say no. <laughs> no. That's just steak and no should never, ever be in the same sentence. Ever. I stayed for dinner and then I came home Sunday and I haven't left the apartment since. I went down and brought everything up from my car on Monday. Um, had a panic attack. It was ugly. And uh, yeah, took an edible. Calm. Won't do that again. No, won't do that again. Today, I just, the most that I've gone out of my apartment is I had to take my garbage and my recycling and my green bin out because it's garbage night. So I took all that out. I've been in here in my apartment. I mean, I have a lot of windows so I can see outside. I don't have to be outside. I would like to go out and sit in the sun, but I have work to do first. So get that done and then I can go out and sit in the sun. But I'm really trying to avoid any unnecessary interactions with other people. Because I don't want to lie to my sister. I won't lie to my sister. This is the third attempt at trying to go to my sisters. Why? Because I won't lie to my sister. I can't lie. They always know. I've tried. And the first week it just it didn't work out because I was working and mixing with people and I couldn't quarantine long enough before I could come down. And the second time is because I forgot I had a doctor, an eye doctor's appointment and then, you know, then there was Sunday or Saturday with the bonfire and the pulled pork and the Canada Day. So now I'm quarantining. So hopefully, come Monday, I can be on my way to my sister's. And I will be able to hug my niece and my nephew. I haven't, like I saw them briefly in the beginning of April when I went and picked up the dresser and the bedside table and a couple of other things for my sisters when I had the U-Haul, when I moved in here. Um, but I didn't hug my sister. I couldn't hug my mother. I couldn't hug my nephew or my niece. Um, there was no contact. And it was six feet apart. And it was really, really hard. And I was only there 20 minutes tops in and out back on the road. Because I still had a two and a half hour drive to Midland to get out and load up the truck there and get all the stuff there. And then an hour and a half drive back. So it was an hour and a half down to my sister's. And two and a half hours over to Midland, 
and then an hour and a half back to Sutton, where I live. I didn't stay there very long, so I haven't really seen them, seen them since January. I haven't hugged my mom since January. I haven't hugged my niece and my nephew since January. So there's going to be a whole lot of hugging, and I'm going to spend a whole lot of time on the floor just letting those two babies crawl all over me and, and, and hug me and... You know, they have a dog too. So, you know, I will be on the floor because that's where I am. If there's kids and dogs, you will find me on the floor. That's where I'm comfortable. I will sit on the floor. And I bet you, I guarantee you, at some point in time, that dog is going to sit in my lap. Every dog I have ever come in contact with, if I sit on the floor and I cross my legs, the dog puts its butt in my lap. Never fails. Sits in my lap. So I'm looking forward to that. And uh, I'm excited. So I'm not going to do anything to risk prolonging it for another week. Um, I may have to call Crystal and have her do a grocery run for me. Um, I'm trying to be very frugal with my food and very careful with my food. And I'm just eating, you know, what I have in the freezer and what I have in the fridge. I'm in my cupboards um, and stay within my diet as well. Um, and I'm not running out of anything yet, so I'm doing pretty good with that. But yeah, I'm excited. So next week, fingers crossed, all things being equal, I will be broadcasting from Grimsby. And there may or may not be a podcast poolside. Depends on how long I'm there. Because um, I don't know how long. I mean, I'm only planning on going for a week. I could be there for two. I don't know. Which reminds me, I have to give... I can't give Crystal a key. I have to have a key made. My poor plants. <laughs> I mean, I have to sit them in the sink with some water. My poor plants. They're going to be dead. I'm looking forward to that. Sorry, my brain just completely shut off. It does that sometimes. And I was a little off on my pill schedule today, so I'm a little... And it's 10 to 12, so come on, cut me some slack. Sheesh, you guys are a hard, tough crowd. My gosh. Anyway, yeah, so I'm looking forward to doing that next week. And, you know, change of scenery, which is always good. But I like my scenery now. I like my little apartment. I I was overwhelmed when I brought everything up from the car because there was a reason why I hadn't brought all the stuff from the trailer, the last bit of the stuff from the trailer over here, because I didn't know where I was going to put it. I honestly did not know where I was going to put it. And it was really stressing me out. The way I moved in here is brought all the stuff from out of the U-Haul, brought it up, put it all away. And then I would bring over a carload at a time from the trailer, bring it up, put it all away. And it was just little bits here and there, like one trip up from the car, put it away. So everything was put away. And then I had this huge carload full of stuff, of boxes and bags and and stuff that I didn't know what I was going to do with. Carpets and, and draft doggies for doors. Like, I've got, I don't know, seven or eight draft dogs. I don't know what I'm going to do with them. Well, actually, I, I have an idea of what I'm going to do with them come wintertime. But anyway, and it was all in the middle of my living room floor. And I couldn't, I had to step over things to get to my couch and I had to step over things to get to my table. I had to step over things to get to who 
and I'm talking about it and just talking, like it's all done. Everything is put away. It's done. It's not there anymore. But talking about it is bringing up that wave of anxiety. And I just, I got completely and totally overwhelmed and I shut down. I completely shut down. Thankfully, I had somebody take care of me, suggested that I try a little piece of an edible, a tiny piece at that, mind you, to kind of calm me down because I don't do pharmaceutical things like I don't I don't do Valium. I don't do any of that. And it wasn't anywhere near time for me to take one of my pills. So let's not add any more chemicals. Let's try something natural. Try a little piece of chocolate. Well, apparently I need an even smaller piece of chocolate than that because I was no good for about five hours. It It was, yeah, interesting ordeal. Yep, interesting ordeal. I did learn that CBD does help counteract the effects and will bring you down, which is good to know. Not just for pain relief. But yeah, it completely and totally overwhelmed me. I couldn't breathe. I felt like I was having a heart attack. If I'm, I'm really honest, I felt like I was having a heart attack. There was a vice around my chest. I couldn't breathe. I was clammy. You know, I was sweating, but I was cold and clammy. It was just, it was awful. And I had panic attacks before, but I've never had one that full-blown. Like, normally, when I have a panic attack, I can do my steps, I can do my fives, and I can calm down, and I can pull myself out of it. Nope. I couldn't even remember. Couldn't even remember to do my fives. That's how far into the attack I was. It didn't even cross my mind to do my fives. So things got moved into places where I couldn't see them so that it was easier for me to calm down. And when I got up the next morning, um, I kind of glanced and I could see them. All right, they're there. I acknowledge that they're there. Come out in the living room. Yep, there's a box there. Okay. But I could walk freely to my coffee. I could walk freely to my counter. I could walk freely to my couch because that's a big deal for me. That's a big thing for me. I came from a house where there were paths and you just step over things and around things and stuff got moved here and stuff got moved there to make room. And it was just like little narrow pathways and, and it was just, oh, ah, I spoke too soon. Guess what, everybody? Fireworks. <laughs> It's 10 to 12, and there are fireworks. Why? Probably because it's 10 to 12. So anyway, having wide open space, having free floor space where I can walk and not trip over something and not have to step over something is a big deal for me. For my mental stability, it is a big deal for me. Being able to go into my room and not have to shimmy this way and not have to shimmy that way to get around stuff because I have too much stuff is a big deal for me. So having all of this stuff bothered me. And then I got up this morning and the stuff was still there, made my bed, and the stuff beside the bed was impeding my ability to make my bed correctly. So it looked messy. Couldn't straighten the 
comforter enough to smooth it and it annoyed me. So I took all of the stuff out from beside the bed and I dealt with it. I put it away. I stayed in my room and I dealt with what was in my room. I didn't come out here. I didn't look at what was out here. I dealt with what was in my room. And once I got started, it was fairly easy to deal with. And I grabbed the first two things that triggered the anxiety attack. And that was the two blankets. Where am I going to put these blankets? Because the other box was full of blankets as well. But that box was in the living room. And we weren't acknowledging that box right now. We were going to deal with these two blankets. The two in front of me. And I looked at them and went, well, they're covered in mud for one thing. Because they were tucked in around the couch to stop the drafts from coming up from the couch. Because it was a big, open, gaping hole. Um, that was part of my winterproofing of the trailer. So they were a little muddy when they around the door. Okay, so they're dirty. They need to be washed. I happen to have a blue bag in my closet that is full of laundry. Yes, Mish, I, I still have those two blue bags. Not, possession is nine-tenths of the law, and I have had them long enough. You're not getting them back. <laughs> anyway, um, put them in the blue bag. Dealt with. Dealt with. Didn't have to find a place for them. They can go in the bag. I can worry about a place for them after I wash them. They're in the laundry bag. Then they're in the same bag was a whole bunch of hangers. Great. I need hangers. Okay, let's take the hangers out. We'll organize them. We'll get them all facing the right direction. They'll all be nice and neat. It won't be this big pile. And then, okay, what's in this bag? Okay, there's clothes in this bag. Oh, look, we have hangers. Let's put the clothes on the hangers, hang them up on the, the rack. Perfect. These can go in the closet. Even better. And then I had... Um, like, a, you know, those bed in a bag bags that you get, the really nice thick plastic ones with the zipper that everybody keeps and puts stuff in. Well, I had all my clothes from summer in that bag. So I had my skirts and my cute little tops and, um, all of that stuff in there. Took all of that out and went, oh, hey, all of this stuff is going to go on the hangers and hang on there. I could put the blankets in here. So I pull the blankets down off the shelf in my closet. And I fold them and I put them in there. And then I went, wait, there are blankets in the box in the living room. I came out, I got the box, I brought it in, I put it on the bed. Took all the blankets out of the box. Now, once I took the blankets, there were one, two, three, four, five blankets in that box. There was my big thick wolf blanket, my thin polar fleece wolf blanket, my... Navajo purple blanket, my um, Turkish blanket that is now on the end of my bed, and what else? There was another blanket. There was another blanket. I'm pretty sure there was another blanket. Anyway, there were sheets that I had taken off of the, um, I folded all those blankets, put them in the bag. Perfect. Then there were sheets that I had taken off of the bed in the trailer that need to be washed. Great. Into the laundry basket. Dealt with. Then my uh, furry owl onesie was in there and my house coat. Awesome. They hang on the back of my bedroom door. There, done. Dealt with. That's the big box from the living room. Done. So I dealt with things one little thing at a time and it wasn't as overwhelming. And I actually kind of got into the whole organizing thing and boxes that I had put in a place and I'll do with them later. I dragged them out, emptied them out, sorted them out, and I actually purged a lot of stuff. I was very proud of myself. I threw away a lot of stuff. 
that I had no sentimental attachment to that no longer held any meaning for me. So out it went. It was garbage night. Out it went. And reorganized everything, got the blankets in the, the bag, up in the cupboard. And once I get those other two washed, they'll go up there as well. They'll fit. And everything is now in its place, in its home. And my apartment is back to rights. And I feel a whole lot better. <laughs> I really do. But it didn't. The, the, the immense severity of the trauma of living in those conditions, living in that house, didn't hit me until that panic attack. I mean, I, I thought I was being responsible in making my bed every morning and putting my clothes away every day and wiping off all of my surfaces if they get a little bit dusty and doing my dishes every night and putting them away and wiping my stove down and, and making sure everything's clean and organized and put away and... I thought I was just being responsible. I thought I was just creating an environment I wanted to live in. I didn't realize that it was a trauma response. That's exactly what it is. It's a good one because my place looks great. I have no qualms about somebody knocking on my door. Unexpected. Sure, come on in. There is no need for me to say, pardon the mess, which was standard open the door statement when my brother would pop by or Mel would pop by unexpectedly. And it would be like, you know what? I'm sorry about the mess. We're in the middle of renovating or we're in the middle of purging and moving. I always had some excuse, you know, we're still fixing the hole in the ceiling, which has been there for five years, something moving about furniture, whatever. There was always some excuse. And the smell of the cat pee and the dog pee, because he would pee in one spot. He never did it with me. Like, he never did it when he was with me. If I was watching, like, if I was up with him, he only did it when I would go to bed and Phil would go to work. He would pee on the floor. I don't know. I don't understand it. But anyway... And I was always apologizing for that, you know, Katie and her cats. I don't have to apologize for where I live anymore. I don't have to apologize. I don't have to worry if somebody knocks on my door, you know, sure, come on in. But the level of attention to the details, making sure this is just positioned just right. It's not askew, as my grandmother would say. The level of panic that I felt at the mess on my living room floor from all of the stuff. And it wasn't even a mess. It was like stuff in boxes waiting to be put away. But the level of panic that that created made me realize that all of this, making sure that, you know, stuff's put away and dishes are done and surfaces are clean and everything has a home and everything is organized and my bed is made and my carpets are vacuumed and my floors are swept. And, you know, Crystal made a joke when she was over for dinner. She spilt tea on the floor and she says, I know the minute I'm out the door, you're going to be washing the floors anyway. She wiped it up, but, you know, that's what she said. I, I've realized that that is a trauma response. That for years of living, and I mean, I'm not going to lie, I helped create that environment. 
by not doing the work, by not picking up after everybody and not doing the dishes and not doing the dusting and not doing the vacuuming and the cleaning and putting stuff away, I helped create that environment and my depression let it continue. So I'm not blaming it all on anybody else. I played my part in creating that environment, but it has created a form of PTSD in me that messes now traumatize me. If, if it's in my space and I can't deal with it, if it's too overwhelming, it causes a panic response. And knowing that, now I know how to deal with it. And I knew, like, I knew that too much could overwhelm me and it wouldn't get done, which is how the conditions got to where they were, which is why I moved in here slowly and I did things slowly instead of moving everything over all at once and trying to tackle it all at once. I knew my brain does not work that way. My brain would have went, nope, I would have cleared a spot in the middle of it all and had a nap. But I did when I was a kid. And some of the trauma, I'm sure, stems to my childhood as well. I, I was always a messy kid and drove my dad nuts and he would come in and his answer to, more fireworks, his answer to me not keeping my room clean was to dump all of my dresser drawers empty all of my shelves, take everything out of my closet and dump it all into the middle of my bedroom floor and then tell me to clean it. All that made me do was shove everything under my bed, make myself a little spot on the floor and have a nap. So I'm sure that the mess trauma is something that has been created over time. And now that I know, I can deal with it better. I mean, I know that if I'm... I'm faced with a large task, a large mess that I need to unravel and figure out and organize, I can't. I need to break it down into little pieces. And that applies to everything. You can't give me a huge project and say, here, figure this out. Because immediately there will be a state of panic and I will shut down. I mean, I will do it. I will shut down and then I will shake myself out of it and I will look at it and I will try and compartmentalize it in my brain. Okay, what needs to be done first? Where do we need to go first? Okay, we need to do this first. Let's deal with just this. We'll do this first and we'll get it done and we'll mark it off and we'll put it away and then we'll do the next thing and then we'll do the next thing. And everything for me in my life has to be organized. I have folders upon folders and file fo- files upon files in my computer. In every Google Drive that I have, they're organized into folders and files. Podcasts go in this folder. Work in progress goes in this folder. Um, board meeting stuff goes in this folder. Oh, that reminds me, I have to do the minutes tomorrow. Magazine stuff goes in this folder. Every single month of the magazine since I took over as editor, every single month is organized into a folder. I have every, and then in those folders is more folders. There's original and finished. And it gets moved when I'm done editing it. I change the name of the, the, the file and it goes into the finished. And then the original goes into the original. And then in the finished folder, there's scent 
And once I've sent them to Dave for coding, they get moved to the sent folder. And then we have a spreadsheet that keeps it all organized. <laughs> and it's color-coded. <laughs> and it's really cool. I really like it. Anyway, I, I, I have to keep, I have to have organization. I have to keep things organized. And it's taken me 49 years to learn how to do that for myself. Like I'm in the process of editing books that are going to be published. Very daunting job. Very intimidating thing to do. Because you're taking somebody's work and you're making sure it's perfect and ready to go out into the public. That it has no spelling errors, no grammatical errors, no punctuation errors. That you can read it, that the right word is used and not the wrong word. That there's an IE on fairy and, <laughs> you know, things like that. So it's very intimidating. And then you have to, after you've made your corrections and you have your suggestions and you have your edits, you have to send that back to the author and go, well, you know, you might want to change this and you might want to change that. And that's intimidating. Trying to keep all of it straight and what I was doing was just making my brain misfire. I couldn't, I couldn't do it. So I had to create a sheet, an editorial sheet that goes back and forth. I don't make any of the changes in the hard copy, in the manuscript. Everything gets written down into my book and then I put it, I have page, chapter, page, paragraph, the revision, the suggestion, why I think it's a good idea. And then you have to sign off on it. There's a graph at the bottom. You sign off on it on each chapter. And you move on from there. And I find for me, it keeps things organized. I can go, okay, this is chapter one. This is what I'm working on. This is what needs to go here. And my brain works wonders when it's not bogged down by the thought of this huge, huge project i've learned a lot in this last week in moving the last of my stuff over here it was kind of a bittersweet moment because that trailer will always hold a special place in my heart because in that trailer i found myself i found who i was i discovered what i wanted out of life and i discovered and and realized what i was willing to do to get it and I discovered what I was willing to not do, what I'm not willing to compromise, what I'm not willing to give up. And I did a lot of, of growing in that trailer. I did a lot of changing. I did a lot of healing in that trailer to the point where I am now standing on my own two feet, paying my bills for the most part, um, <laughs> you know, and, and feeding myself and cooking decent meals that look good and taste, you know, not bad. Um, I've, I've managed to keep myself fed and watered all by myself and clean. I'm clean. Um, my clothes are clean and my stuff's put away and I'm, I'm adulting and I'm doing it well as, as well as can be expected. I have my days. I'm also learning a lot of, of the negative things that I carry with me now, like, the trauma response to disorganization and huge things in front of me, like projects or, or boxes, stuff that I can't see past it. 
And this has been something, and it just dawned on me, this has been something that has been a long-term issue. Because I remember my mom telling me when I was a child and I would get overwhelmed by a situation. And she would tell me, don't look at the mountain. Look at the pebbles at the base of the mountain and take one rock at a time and deal with that rock and put it aside. And then get the next rock. Don't look at the mountain. Look at the rocks in front of you. Focus only on those and move forward through that. So, yeah, 49 years old and I finally figured it out. Or at least figured that out. Who knows what epiphany I'll have next week? It'll be poolside, I'm hoping. Because, like I said, it's May 2, it was May 2 for a weekend. That is the official kickoff to summer. And when I was a kid, I was normally in the water on the May long weekend. I have not been in the water on the May long weekend in a very long time. And it kind of sucks. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to going to my sister's. I'm still going to be working. I'm still going to be available if y'all need me. I'm not taking a vacation. I'm just going to my sister's. It's kind of like a vacation. Every day of my life is like a vacation. But, you know, like I still have, um, I've got a meeting scheduled for next week. So I'll be around. I'll be doing my thing. And I'll still be churning out the podcast. It just might be um, a little quieter. I've got to figure out if I'm going to take, I'm probably going to take my podcasting equipment because I'm pretty sure I can hook the mic up to the desk in the music room and I would just podcast from there. I don't know if my niece has been moved into her bedroom yet or not. So I might be sleeping in the music room. Who knows? But uh, I don't know. I don't know what's waiting for me when I get there. Things have changed a lot. The basement's now finished. Um, When I was there picking up the furniture, my brother-in-law was painting. So flooring was coming. I could very well be sleeping where I started. (laughs) Back down in the basement. (laughs) That's kind of funny. If I am back down in the basement on an air mattress, I've kind of come full circle. Because I do believe, um, I think I started Lupa's Bits. I was at, my, well, no, I was at home, but I'd gone to my sister's and I was recording. There were a few episodes of Lupa's Bits that were recorded and Myth Bits, I think, that were recorded in the basement um, of my sister's house. And it'd be kind of ironic if I end up back in the basement of my sister's house. Uh Yeah. I won't have my own room this time because that's now been replaced by my mom's suite. But, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. I'm excited. I'm excited. I feel like on a lot of things I've come full circle. And, well, I can't really say full circle because I'm not back where I started. I'm at a totally different place than where I started. But I've I've situationally come, ooh, there's a word for you, come full circle. I couldn't say it again if I tried. And I'm now facing the person that I was with the person that I am. And I'm looking at the changes that I've made in that circle and how far that I've come from crying every week throughout the almost the entirety of 2020. <laughs> you could probably, I, I'm actually, I may go back and just see how many podcasts in 2020 that I did that I didn't actually end up at some point in tears. I don't think there are many. Um, This year started out a little ranty. And I'm kind of reflecting because we're kind of at the halfway mark now. Like we're coming up to the halfway mark for the year. And I'm sitting at 45 episodes of Lupa's Bits. So 
I'm creeping up to one year, one year's worth of lupus bits as well. So I'm kind of reflecting a little bit and I have come a long way from the girl that started her emotional journey on myth bits to where I am now. So that's kind of cool. Anyway, I think I've been at this for over an hour now and I am going to wrap it up for this week. Um, I hope you guys all have a stellar week and you stay safe. You stay sane. You can't stay sane. Learn how to hide the bodies. Telling you septic tanks are the way to go. And y'all just have fun. Live your life. Be kind. Do all the stuff. So life is short. Life is too short. Tell those you love them that you love them. Hug your friends if you can. Social distance and wave at the other ones if you can't hug them. And just, you know, be good to one another. So, all right. If you want to find me, then um, you can find me on Facebook at Lupabardi or Lupa's Bits, the podcast, or the World of Myth magazine, or Stephanie J. Barty. You can find me on Twitter at Lupa B. You can find me on Instagram at Luhu Baskets, at Lupa's Bits, the podcast, at Stephanie Barty Author, at Stephanie Lupa Barty Author, um, at The World of Myth. We also we have an Instagram there now as well. And you can also find me on TikTok, because I am back. I just put a new TikTok out the other day. Um, and I've learned how to do stop motion, so look out. You're going to see a whole lot of weird things moving around um, at Lady Lou Who. So have a good week, everybody. And I will see you all. Or, well, I won't see you all, but I will talk to you all next week. See ya. Carry on my way, son. There'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry. Don't you cry.